0: Drinking dirty water Drinking dirty water you feeding them lies, feeding them lies Feeding them lies, feeding them lies Welcome back Another episode, episode 14 One-fourth of the Dirty Water Fantasy Podcast Miles Ullman Joined, as always, by Chandler Hennig. Chandler, it's good to see you. Yeah. It's been a while.
1: Yeah, no, uh, no all-day Sunday, seven straight hours of, of football, unfortunately, this past yeah. weekend. Yeah,
0: there, there are a couple things we need to catch up on, so um, I have a few questions for you. Yeah. The first one is, how was your weekend in Martha's Vineyard?
1: It was awesome. Good to get away, uh, unplug for a little bit. Martha's Vineyard's just an island off the coast of Cape of Cape Cod, someplace I grew up, uh, or went to growing up for the summers. Yeah. Um, was Awesome I was there with a couple of the boys and just a good time lots of seafood being consumed over the weekend
0: Sounds like a blast. I'm very jealous Um, next question for you is who did you play this week in our
1: keeper league? <laughs> I, uh, I played you miles. Oh uh, How how'd that go? It's uh, actively not going well if you uh, if you must know. Oh, Why do you say that? Well, I need a uh, I need 60 from murray tonight Oh,
0: that sounds <laughs> rough, dude <laughs> 60 from Amari Cooper in one game? That sounds pretty tough. Maybe if you had four games, you could maybe get there, but 60 from Amari Cooper tonight sounds pretty tough.
1: Yeah, Miles, I got blown out, but uh, let me defend myself for a quick moment here before we move on to the rest of this podcast. <laughs> oh, you're going to play the injuries Yeah, you're, you're damn right I am. You're damn right I am. It's a, It's a lot easier to beat your opponent in a, In a week when they're starting running backs. The two of them are, are both out, so I... Uh, fired up the stable this week. I had Damian Harris and Devin Singletary as my <laughs> RB1 and RB2. That's, you know, an intimidating, intimidating duo right there. I was terrified. Um, because, uh, yeah, Dalvin Cook and Daryl Henderson were, uh, were on the bench. So yeah, I, uh, I got stomped this week, folks. Tough break. And I handed you your first loss in the league. Yes. I will be two and one now. Still an okay place to be. Yes. Um, you know, happy actually as just to shift into fantasy analysis standpoint for or, you know mode for a second here happy that they actually rested Dalvin and, and Henderson I want those plays to be healthy for the rest of the season
0: yeah agreed how are you doing in your other leagues
1: um, I'm I think I'm gonna win in uh, a ready one in dynasty and similar issues in uh in my work league, actually uh, Deontay Johnson, who's a starter for me, is out. Uh, you know, CMC went down very early in the game, which was not great. Or, no, he he didn't go down early, but he was having a bad game up to that point, actually. And uh, I also have Henderson in that league as well, too. So
0: he he did go down pretty early. I think I think it was like twelve minutes left in the second quarter. Yeah. Okay. Um.
1: So one and two this week, but uh, I think I'll be two and one in a couple leagues, and one and two in the other one.
0: Nice. I am. improving to 3 and 0 in one of my dynasty leagues. So nice start there. I'm 2 and 1 in two of the leagues and I am 0 and 3 in the dynasty league where that we are both in. Um so not a hot start yeah. in that one. Yeah. Got to got to make up some ground in dirty dozen, but we will not be giving up. That's for sure. No. No. Um I do also in that dynasty league where uh, that that you are not in where I'm three and oh, I made my first trade of the season uh, this past weekend. So I wanted to talk about that quickly on the pod and, and get your thoughts. So once again, it is a dynasty league 10 team half PPR super flex. I traded away Alexander Madison and KJ Osborne to the Dalvin cook owner for Darnell Mooney and a 2022 fourth round pick. So wanted to get your
1: thoughts on that. Yeah. Um, I think it's a pretty balanced trade, but I love your side. Um, Madison, I, you know, for as long as Dalvin is around, Madison will only really be an asset and, and worth anything when he is out. And yes, Dalvin has had his fair share of injury problems. I can understand why the Dalvin owner wanted to acquire Madison. That makes perfect sense. But that actually probably means that he valued Madison more than other owners in your league, which means he's a great target in terms of trading, trading Madison away. Osborne I think we both like. Um, we've mentioned him in in previous episodes, but still very unproven. I think the sample size is all of three games right now. I don't think he played really at all last season. He's had a couple of good games to start the season and he did not very did not do very well um, I, I believe in the, in the game uh, on Sunday. And Mooney's a more proven asset and the other thing here is because it's a dynasty league. Mooney might be the number one on, on Chicago next season with a good quarterback thrown to him in Justin Fields. We don't really think that a Rob wants to be back. I, is he is he tagged this season? is he that is, right? Yeah. So yeah, it seems like a Rob might want to move on and as we've said repeatedly on this podcast, the number one option on any on any team is valuable and Mooney's got talent and he might be that for Chicago next season.
0: Yep, exactly. And those were my thoughts. The, the 2022 fourth is not re- very valuable, but it was just a little sweetener for me. Um, I traded away KJ Osborne and, and I was a little hesitant, but the reason I ultimately did was I actually took a look at his snap counts or rather his snap percentages. Yep. Um, and in that week one where he blew up for seven seventy six, uh, or seven catches for 76 yards, I should say, he was at an 81% snap share. Yeah. In week two he went down to 59%. Mm. So he did have a good fantasy game because he had six targets, five receptions, 91 yards, and a touchdown, but that snap share is not very reassuring. Yeah. Um. And then this past week three, and we're actually going to talk about this uh, a, a little bit later, but this past week, he was again at 59%, and this time we actually saw his, his usage regress as well with only two targets and two receptions. So based on that, I was happy with that trade. I was... A little bit disappointed to see how well Madison did because now, of course. you know, you see that Madison can be a really valuable asset, but ultimately he is kind of just sitting on my bench for ninety percent of the time.
1: Yes, and we know that Madison's a talented, a talented player. He, for as long as Dalvin is out, and for any game that Galvin is out, it'd be hard not to imagine that Madison is at least a running back two option. Yes, agreed.
0: Um, awesome. So enough about our leagues. Let's get into some hashtag analysis um this sunday i know you didn't get a chance to watch a ton of the games but you you watched some highlights and and look through some box scores for fantasy purposes what were some of your or at least one of your biggest takeaways from this past weekend of games
1: yeah that's a good point a little bit less of an eye test this week for myself a little bit more looking at some stat lines which is not always the worst thing and uh yeah, I mean, one of the most eye-popping stat lines of, of Week 3. Man, the Chargers offense is going like gangbusters right now. We were hopeful, but not necessarily confident coming into the season that there would be three fantasy-relevant options for the Chargers this season, not including Justin Herbert at quarterback. Two we felt very confident about, and they were drafted highly because of that, Austin Eckler and Keenan Allen. Those two have delivered. Eckler is currently running back five, and partially because of the guy we're about to talk about in, in a second. Keenan Allen is quietly, maybe, wide receiver 12. Yeah,
0: and I would also add that Eckler, I think, is quietly RB5. Yeah,
1: I, I think so, too. I mean, he had that scary first game where he right, got exactly. where he got no receptions, and we told you on the podcast, hey, this is not going to be how it is, and he has gotten looks in the passing game. And,
0: and, and across the board in fantasy, that first week impacts how we view players so, so much.
1: Yes, yeah, it's un- it's understandable. Again, we're we're seeing real game time, but as Miles alluded to or-, or talked about in that episode, we want to react, not overreact, and not underreact either as well. So those two guys have been performing, you know, just how we want. We need to add one more plug and play guide to that list. Mike Williams has been an absolute monster through three weeks of the season. He is wide receiver two. You know, going into the last game of the of the of the week tonight with the uh, with the Eagles and, and, and the Cowboys playing, he's wide receiver two to the tune of twenty-two receptions for almost three hundred yards and four touchdowns. We knew this was a possibility for Mike Williams because he's always kind of been the ceiling guy. We did not think this was likely, but here's the advice: if you're a Mike Williams owner, hold on to hold on to him and, and all other Chargers players. I'd entertain offers for a wide receiver one or what we thought to be a wide receiver one coming into the season for Williams right now. But beyond that, just enjoy the run he's putting together. Anything to add there, Miles? It, it, who the who
0: that wide receiver one is would make a big difference to me. Yeah. Like, there are guys that were drafted as wide receiver ones who I would need an additional running back or something in order to make that trade. Like Right now, if you offered me Allen Robinson for Mike Williams... I think I'd prefer Mike Williams.
1: What about A.J. Brown? Uh,
0: (laughs) That's uh, Mike Williams. I I mean, Mike Williams is healthy right now. A.J. Brown's not.
1: Yeah, that's fair. I I think that one probably comes down to what the rest of your roster looks like. If you can afford to take on a little bit more risk, especially in the case of A.J. Brown, of acquiring a player who is injured and and has now, uh, I will say, the beginning of a history of being injured – AJ Brown has huge upside. Of course, we're not. That's not even the question. Really, here it's just: Do you want to adopt that risk onto your roster, or what feels like a, a ridiculous thing to say? But do you want the safety of Mike Williams right now?
0: <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Yeah. You have to, in order to trade away Mike Williams right now, you need to give me a very, very, very strong offer. Yep. All right. Um, my biggest takeaway was the Cardinals' pass catchers. Right? So last week, um, we talked about Rondell Moore as a really good free agent pickup, rookie wide receiver for the Cardinals. He had that blow-up week last week, week two. Week one, Christian Kirk had the blow-up week, and, and we kind of knew that that was more smoke than fire. right? We kind of knew that that was not really going to be sticky, but we thought Rondell Moore was because they just drafted him. He's new and exciting. Um, and so I wanted to see how things would shake out for the pass catchers in week three, especially with their wide receiver one, DeAndre Hopkins a little bit banged up. He was questionable going into Sunday. Here's how it did shake out. Christian Kirk and Chase Edmonds each had seven receptions on eight targets. DeAndre Hopkins, the aforementioned wide receiver one, um he he only had three catches for twenty one yards on six targets, but again he was a little bit banged up. AJ Green converted his six targets for five receptions and 112 yards, rising from the dead there, and Free agent sensation of last week, Rondell Moore, just two catches on two targets. So, the takeaway here for me is that it really seems that all of the Cardinals' pass catchers are flex worthy, right? They could be, they could all be good on a given day, and I'm fine really starting any of them in a pinch, but I'm not sure we'll ever be able to predict when each one will go off. We know Hopkins is the wide receiver one. I'm not referring to him, but Kirk, A.J. Green, Rondell Moore, they're they're all viable options, but we don't know when they're going to be safe plays. So because of that, I'm actually okay selling high on any of them after their blow-up week and getting back more consistency if that's what your team needs. If your team does need a boomer bust guy in a given week, then Rondell Moore, Christian Kirk, or even A.J. Green might be really good options for you. Typically, though, I prefer a little bit more safety in my flex options.
1: Yeah, totally agree. Um, I I don't know. Is, is AJ the zombie green a good nickname for him? (laughs) Just just, rising from the dead. Seriously. Just never seems to go away. I like it. And one just reminder here as well, too. Kyler had a decent game, a decent week three. He put up, I'm reading right now. He had 19 points. Um, That's, that's, Fine, it is coming a little bit back down to earth from week one and week two, where he had four touchdowns and three touchdowns. He had no touchdown, no passing touchdowns in week three. He had a rushing touchdown. So, again, a couple of these players had really good weeks. I think, generally speaking, will be somewhere between week week three and week one and two in terms of what we can expect out of Kyler.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Um, by the way, while I'm on the topic of Arizona pass catchers, Max Williams, who was. A blow-up tight end last week came out of nowhere. He had just three receptions on three targets for 19 yards, so he's nothing not worth rostering, which is really what we had both assumed. Yep. Um, All right, rundown of injuries and news updates, and there are quite a few, so once again, we'll try to get through them pretty quickly. Um, Here is who was placed on IR, meaning they're going to miss a minimum of three games since we last recorded. To be clear, week three... Was one of the games that these guys missed. So these guys will, at earliest, be back for in your lineups for week six. At earliest, first name is Jarvis Landry, um, knee injury. And and I'm just going to run through these. Stop me if, if yep. you have any comments. Yep. Jermichael Hasty is the next one, running back for the 49ers, high ankle sprain. Tua Tango Vailoa, quarterback for the Dolphins, broken ribs. Tyrod Taylor, hamstring injury. Tyrell Williams, concussion. And James O'Shaughnessy,
1: ankle. Yeah. Let me mention just one thing quickly in terms of Landry and then the Browns. We sort of thought that even after it was a risky play, but even after a long time missing out on, you know, competitive football, that Odell might be a good play this week. And he, he delivered. Um Yes, the Browns are a run-first team, but someone needs to catch passes in that offense. Odell's still a talented wide receiver. He's one that's been unfortunately banged up over, over kind of the recent part of his career. But if you're an Odell owner right now, I would not be trying to move on from Odell. See kind of where this goes, and if he continues to produce, then be happy that you might have taken a... Wide receiver two ish value for probably either your wide receiver three or maybe even your wide receiver four.
0: Yeah, uh, a a wide receiver of Odell's caliber commands targets when he's on the field. Yes, he gets open, um, and and clearly he still has chemistry with Baker. I would be selling high on Odell. Okay. Once, not now, Uh-oh. because I don't think his value is high enough. But I do think in the next two games he will probably have a a, a stronger performance. I'm selling high when that happens. One, because the Browns still are and always will be a run-first team. And
1: the second is that Jarvis will come back, and that will hurt Odell's target volume. Totally fair point. Yeah, um, that's a better way to say it. I wouldn't be trying to move Odell right now give it a couple of games, see if he blows up. And then, you know, maybe you can, maybe you can sell him for like a wide receiver too. When we think, I think we still think he's probably one of those fringe wide receiver three kind of guys.
0: Yeah, I agree. And, and, and if you can't sell him and you end up holding, he'll be fine. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, awesome. Any other comments on any of those guys placed on IR?
1: No, I mean, we talked about the, the running back room in, in San Francisco. It's going to be frustrating. Um, you know if you have if you have end of bench roster spots take these guys and try and roster them but it's going to be hard to figure out who to play and that's the reality of the situation
0: yep um, awesome these are the guys that were out heading into the week 3 games obviously not including the IR guys that we just mentioned dalvin cook out with an ankle injury Daryl Henderson Jr. out with a rib injury. <laughs> Those were your two running backs yes, yeah. <laughs> in our Hebrew league. Yeah. Um, Elijah Mitchell for, for the 49ers out with a shoulder. Josh Jacobs out for the second straight week with an ankle injury. T. Higgins, this was a little bit of a surprise, out with a shoulder injury. Mm-hmm. Deontay Johnson, we talked about that knee injury that he had. He's out this week. We hope he gets well soon. Yep. Hope all these guys get well, get well soon, but I have a lot of Deontay. Um, Antonio Brown out with covid Andy Dalton out with a knee injury. Justin Fields got the start. We'll talk about that. Tevin Coleman um, out with a non COVID illness. Excuse me, non COVID illness. Jamison Crowder out with a groin. I think Jamison Crowder might be an interesting stash.
1: I can't get on board with this offense right now, Miles. Yeah, I I, I know. In a deeper league, but in a deeper league, Crowder probably should be rostered anyways, especially if you have IR spots. I just. Yeah, I mean they 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 seem to be encouraging, and they should encourage Wilson to be a little bit more conservative, and that seems to play into Crowder's role. But um, uh, Elijah Moore, yeah, Elijah Moore has been getting has been has been not getting really g- good work in that offense, but he has been like part of that offense as well too, and that, yeah, and, that worries me. About and Crowder. Braxton Barrios, yes, but that's I, true. I just
0: think. Crowder's going to come in and, and take over Barrios, but we'll see. Um, Russell Gage out with an ankle injury, and Rashad Penny is still out with that calf injury.
1: The only thing I want to mention here, um, you know, quickly at the top, I guess I should say, Madison looked really good. Sonny looks decent. Uh, as, a, as a Henderson owner it, in a couple leagues, I'm a little worried that he looked kind of good. He looked kind of
0: good it's so tough to tell against the Buccaneers. Like, their run yeah. defense is so good. Yes, and
1: that's a good offense as well, too. We right. sort of have this idea that pretty much anyone can come into that that, that running back role and, and be productive. I, you know, selfishly as a Henderson owner, as I said, I would have liked Sonny to have a bad game. You know, I I... I The volume for Henderson is a big reason that I am happy with him up to this point as my running back, too. I don't want to start losing that over the next couple of weeks, and that will be something to monitor as well. Um, You know, Week four, week five, week five on. Um, The only other thing I think I want to mention here in terms of the Josh Jacobs injury, super disappointing for me as a Kenyan Drake owner in in Dynasty. I'm, I'm going to be okay in that matchup this week, but... Yeah, I mean, Gruden was was not lying about his love of 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 Peyton Barber, who I'm not going to mention a whole lot. We're going to talk about him in a little bit here, but Drake had an okay game. You know, he got a little receiving work, which is which is positive. He three receptions on uh, six targets, so he is getting some targets, which is great. We don't think Barber has that role, and that that bared out, you know, in in the game. But yeah, I mean, Kenya Drake, they're paying a lot of money for to be a backup running back to Josh Jacobs. I, I just don't understand why they refuse to use him in that bell cow-ish back while while Jacobs is out because we know he can occupy that role because he's done it before.
0: Yeah, they're, they're paying him $11 million a year to back up Peyton Barber right now. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. But hey, they're 3-0, and so yep. maybe, maybe the joke's on us. Yeah. Um, three guys of note were healthy scratches for week three. Marlon Mack, Ramondre Stevenson, and Devontae Booker. Um, Marlon Mack, to me, interesting because that solidifies Naeem Hines and Jonathan yeah. Taylor as the two tar- uh the, the two guys to to who are gonna get volume there. Yep. Um Rondre Stevenson, that's the second straight week. Interesting. And Devontae Booker I thought was really interesting. That's the backup running back to Saquon if the, for those of you who don't know. Um and this showed a lot of confidence that they were ready to give Saquon the, the full workload and, and they did this time.
1: Yeah positive signs for uh for Saquon let's give the Patriots back for the one more week, especially because of um, an injury we're going to talk about in a second here in James White.
0: Yep, fair enough. Um, so injuries that happened in, in, you know, this past week, um, let's actually start with James White. Why not? Um, another, hip, another hip subluxation. Uh, this is a made-up injury, I'm convinced, that everyone in the NFL and also on Twitter has banded together to 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 come to come to an agreement that this is a, a new term that they're going to use without telling us but James White has a hip, subluc- a hip subluxation apparently I think and we're going to
1: unfortunately be pretty good by with that term by time <laughs> the season is <as> done <laughs> with the way things are going
0: and he is likely to hit IR which once again means he's going to miss a minimum of 3 games Brandon Bolden seems to have taken that pass catching role out of the backfield there um but it's probably more of a bump I think to the receivers and tight ends if he misses time right
1: yeah, I think it's a bump, but Mac Jones has suddenly not looked very good, so Yeah, I, I
0: mean his depth of target is like three yards yeah. on average
1: or something. So yeah. again, this is gonna be a backfield to watch. If you're a if you're a Damian Harris owner, you gotta hope that maybe one or two or maybe even three of those targets that were going to James White might end up going to Harris. He hasn't really gotten that work, but he will become a a much more valuable running back even if that target share increases just slightly.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: Um, Christian McCaffrey, this is the big one. Yeah.
0: He injured his hamstring. They are not putting him him on IR for now. Um, But pick up Chuba Hubbard. He is the handcuff. They used him in the Christian McCaffrey role after McCaffrey went out, which, like I said, was in the second quarter. And if you remember last year Mike Davis was really good when McCaffrey was out Chuba Hubbard is probably better than Mike Davis is
1: yeah and Mike Davis tailed off at the end that probably was just in terms of the amount of volume that he was being asked to to carry Shuba should normally be able to take on you know 20 or whatever it is carries and a couple of targets over the next two to three weeks
0: don't don't understate those targets it's more than a couple
1: yeah all right that's that's fair um but yes, I, I mean, Chuba should, I would imagine, be at least a running back two, maybe even a low on RB1, depending on matchups over the next couple of weeks here. Agreed. The other
0: big one was A.J. Brown out with a, left the game with a strained hamstring. Um, he is going to be week to week. Uh, this probably means he's out for at least this week. Um, this feels like it's going to be one of those situations where it's a trap when he plays, and, and they're going to use him as a decoy. Yeah um so just be careful i do think he's going to be fully out this week but uh, you know for week four but for week five we'll we'll see we'll keep you updated
1: yeah I, that's this one's tough too because you probably spent enough draft capital on aj brown where if he is playing you probably are, are obligated to start him or close to obligated um how does this impact julio for you julio gets a bump um
0: definitely Mm-hmm. I don't think I really care about the other pass catchers like Chester Rogers. You thought it was Josh Reynolds, right, coming into the season? Josh Reynolds. It was Josh Reynolds coming into the season, but I don't think he's really done much. Yeah, no, I agreed. At least when I watch, it seems to be Chester Rogers and Westbrook kindy Westbrook I I'll take your word for it. Yeah, well, keep your eyes on them because they both might get bumps. We'll see. But I'm not going to be clamoring to the waiver wire for them
1: yeah the titans on turn the you know have Tannehill turn around and hand it off to derrick henry and that makes a lot of sense that's another
0: thing that i want to bring up i think this hurts Tannehill significantly though yeah like you know aj brown's a big guy he can just get it to aj brown and let him work if he's not on the field that hurts Tannehill's value yep i agree Juju smith schuster Juju bruised ribs x-rays were negative which is good um, but he's day-to-day right now. So TBD for Sunday. Um, I don't think he'll play, but maybe he will. The The, the guys with bruised ribs this past week, Tua, Daryl yeah. Henderson, they did not play. Yeah. Although Amari Cooper did, now that I think about it. So we'll see.
1: We knew about Amari pretty early in the week as well. So I think if is if sort of lingering this injury or we don't have any updates that are one way or another, it feels unlikely. Um, yeah, I don't know what to say about this. The, the Steelers are just are getting beaten and bruised right now both in the locker room and, and on the field. Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton,
0: wide receivers for the New York Giants, both forced out of that game with hamstring injuries. Mm-hmm.
1: Um this sucks. Yeah. It sucked for me too and I was playing him in my flex, I'm pretty sure versus Yeah, you.
0: yeah, you were. <laughs> it it um however though it it, it sucks if you're managing Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton on your teams. But this is probably going to be a bump to Ingram's workload and Saquon's pass-catching workload.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, what a time for Ingram to come back and finally potentially be healthy. It's, you know, <laughs> as as the rest of the pass-catchers in the Giants' locker room clear out a little bit. I
0: saw a, uh, I saw a tweet that said, e- Evan Ingram, uh, two catches on six targets and a fumble, already in mid-season form. <laughs> <laughs> um, K.J. Hamler, wide receiver for the Denver Broncos, torn ACL done for the year oh I missed this I didn't even see this yeah wow. it uh sucks but this is this means to me Tim Patrick is possibly an every week start yeah wide receiver three
1: yes well, let's uh, until Judy comes back yes. and, and then we'll want to see but yeah it, this offense has been doing pretty well Teddy seems to be Good. is it, is it revenge tour? I don't even know if, if sure. that's the right word for for what what Teddy's got going on right now. He's been and probably will continue to be a streaming option over the next couple of weeks here. Oh, yeah. Um and yes, yeah, Sutton we talked about already is is the guy, but this seems like an offense where the second the second pass catcher is valuable and it it, it might be Tim Patrick moving forward. Yeah,
0: Tim Patrick hasn't scored fewer than 10 points um this season in PPR. Yeah. Which is good. Yeah. Um, a couple more for the Jets. Tyler Croft left with a rib injury, and Elijah Moore has a concussion, or at least is a, being evaluated for a concussion.
1: Yeah, I, were you playing Tyler Croft anywhere? I hope not. Uh, nobody's on my dynasty roster.
0: Yeah, my right. 0-3 dynasty roster. Uh, trade alert. Carolina Panthers Whoa. sending tight end Dan Arnold and a third rounder to the Jag, to the Jacksonville Jaguars for cornerback C.J. Henderson which was he was a top 10 pick last year and a fifth rounder break this down for me what is first of all let's start with what is the impact to dan arnold
1: yeah i mean i think he gets a you know gets a chance here to to show what he's got i mean dan arnold has has he flashed a time is that fair to say every once in a while he's he's had some he's had some some flashes I think it's got to be a downgrade though you know in terms of offense this offense is significantly worse than uh, the the Jaguars' offense, I should say, is significantly worse than Carolina, and and this I don't even know if it was really about them disliking Dan Arnold, J.C. Horn, who was their first rounder from this past year, went down. I, I can't. Is he out for this season? I, I don't know if I caught I, the.
0: I believe he is. It was either a foot. So he either he either ruptured his his Achilles or Jeff Okuda ruptured his Achilles. Okay. I don't remember which. Um but I, I but think, Horn he, is I think out, he's out for the year Horn
1: is yeah. out for a while if if not the entire year. Like they were getting thin at, at cornerback and they needed to make a move and, and this is the move they made. So this isn't really about them disliking Dan Arnold. Um but yeah, I mean if you were playing Dan Arnold and he gets a downgrade. We, we talked kind of sporadically about um James Sean O'Shaughnessy O'Shaughnessy. O'Shaughnessy being sort of a, a streaming option at times this season and and some a guy who's kind of getting some volume in that uh, in that Jaguars offense, I think they probably end up splitting, and this is just sort of a situation where you don't want anyone uh, from a tight end standpoint on the on the Jags on the Jags offense.
0: I'm not sure, so uh, so don't don't pick Dan Dan Arnold up right now. That's not what I'm saying. But if you have him in Dynasty, like I'd be excited for this move. Um, I think that the Jaguars went out and got a guy that they clearly are interested in you know, Urban Meyer is still a questionable head coach in the NFL right now, but for whatever that's worth, they wanted him on the team. They were using O'Shaughnessy. O'Shaughnessy just got sent to IR. Oh yeah. Um there's a chance Dan Arnold sees a little bit of an uptick in volume, uh, enough to be, you know, more of a relevant streamer than he has been. And if you have him in, in Dynasty, I'd feel pretty good right now. Yeah. Um I think Tommy Tremble, who is yes. now the de facto tight end one for the Carolina Panthers, gets a bump, um, particularly for Dynasty, not really for Redraft, but they really like Tommy Tommy Tremble. No, no grown man should be named Tommy. T-squared. T- t- <laughs> t- s- hey, hey, it's, hey, it's me, Tommy Tremble. Yeah, That's man.
1: how I think he sounds. Is his name Thomas Tremble? It or must it- be. I, well,
0: he's got a he's got his name. has gotta be Thomas. Hey, Tommy Tremble, go by Tom, bro. Even if it's not Thomas, go by Tom. Uh, yeah, Tommy. Anyway, Tommy Tremble is a tight end that they drafted. He's a rookie tight end. They like him. I think that's why they were willing to get rid of Dan Arnold. So if you have Tommy Tremble in Dynasty, that's that's probably a, a very good thing. You just, you know, just one less got person a in front of him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, What's very interesting to me is, what is the impact to Robbie Anderson and or Terrace Marshall, if any? Do, do do they now see the three to four targets that Dan Arnold was getting, or do those all go to Tommy Tremble? What do you think?
1: It'll take a little bit, I think, for, for Tremble to get into the offense if that's what ends up happening later on in the season. I mean, I don't think you can really, you can hope that Robbie gets some of that volume, but... It doesn't seem like they they want to throw to Robbie at this point. So if if anyone gets a bump, it's probably Marshall. And yeah, I, you know, they weren't really involving Arnold a whole lot in the offense, so these bumps are slight if anything. I would probably continue to treat Robbie and Marshall the same way I I was before the trade happened.
0: Yeah, same, I think. Um also just a side note, the Carolina Panthers are killing it right now. Yeah. This was a great trade for them. Yeah. Josh Gordon, former Pro Bowl wide receiver, or All-Pro wide receiver or Pro Bowl? I have no clue. I think it's all been pro, way too long. <laughs> I think former All-Pro wide receiver, um, reinstated, signs with the Kansas City Chiefs. Of course he does. Are
1: you interested or are you avoiding him? No, I am not interested in Josh Gordon. I actually, as I was walking over to the apartment to record today, I, actually, I was going back through his his game log and I was like, I was clicking on later or earlier years, and I thought I would have to be for for Josh Gordon. What is it?
0: Twenty sixteen. I
1: think he played in twenty seventeen for a little bit. Um, but yeah, his his good awesome year was was even before that. And I you can't be worried about Tyreek and and Travis Kelsey. I think if you had to be starting like a Mikko Hardman or something in any leagues as a flex. This might be a little bit of a worry, but I'm not picking up Gordon right now. Let's no. let's see it and let someone else occupy a roster spot and, with him. And someone will. Yeah, totally. Someone
0: absolutely will. Don't
1: waste a roster spot on Josh Gordon. Maybe right they now. drop someone good and you pick that. person Yes, up.
0: absolutely. Good call. Um, last bit of news I wanted to get into: Rashad Bateman to begin practicing this week. Um, I just think he's an interesting stash in deeper leagues. Totally. Marquise Brown just dropped three. Really great passes. I don't know if you saw that. I did not. Um, Hollywood had bad drops this uh, yesterday. Um, so I'm, uh, you know, Rashad Bateman, someone to keep your eyes on. Again, he's a rookie. He's not going to be good right away, but something to keep your eye on. Um, and obviously, if you have him in dynasty, you're excited. Yeah. All right. Since we are a little bit light on free agents today, um, and even injuries relative to yesterday, I wanted to introduce a new segment today. And we're going to talk about drop candidates. So I'm going to try to get through this fairly quickly. I don't want to spend too too long on this. But I'm going to say
1: a player. You tell me whether you're dropping them or not. Brandon Ayuk. No, not dropping. Here's the stat that matters to me. 86% snap share in week three. It's up from 54% in week two. And whatever was less than that in week one, he's getting more involved. He had a decent stat line in, in uh, this week. Keep hold on to Ayuk.
0: I agree, especially if you've already held on to him this long. Yes, he, it is. It is getting
1: better. Yep. Trey Sermon, keep. Why? Because the, the running back that is that is playing in the St- Niners' offense is valuable, and we are hopeful with some reason that Sermon can establish establish a role.
0: Yeah, I agree. He's probably not returning on the value that uh, on his ADP. Yes, but he's still valuable. Yep. Robbie Anderson, oh,
1: man, I don't. I don't know. Um, I would hold for one more week. I think I saw a blurb from Matt Rule that was saying, we need to get Robbie more involved. And yes, that's his job to say as the head coach, especially from someone they just signed to a new massive contract. I would give it one more week. But yeah, it's, it's really not looking good for Robbie right now.
0: I'm ideally holding on to him for one more week, particularly with the hope that he's a big play guy who can blow up next week and then you, you sell him high. But... If you need if you need to clear a roster spot, drop Robbie Anderson.
1: Yeah. It's fine. Just that they've got Dallas next week, which is a good wide yes. receiver matchup. Maybe he performs and again, maybe sell high, maybe he finally shows shows some life.
0: Yeah. Also, we didn't even mention this, but it's possible that some of the McCaffrey volume goes to Robbie Anderson as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um
1: AJ Dillon. He's an elite handcuff, and if you don't want that on your team, then drop him. We thought he might have standalone value. Aaron Jones is too good to take off the field right now. <laughs> Agreed. This this one kind of sucks too. David Johnson, drop. I I just don't want pieces of this offense, especially in a muddy backfield.
0: Yeah, he didn't. He we think of him as the pass catching back there, and he got zero targets this week. Ronald Jones,
1: <sighs> keep. It's so hard to find running back value right now, and yeah, it's frustrating if if you're a Rojo guy, or a Rojo owner who like pass up on Fournette, but. This is a good offense, and one you want to attach yourself to, and Rojo is also kind of like a, a in a weird sense, a handcuff to to Fournette. Yeah, Michael Carter, keep. I'm actually like it, it's taking longer than I would than I would like, but Carter's role seems to be increasing in this offense, and hopefully, over the next couple of weeks, he will also over you know overtake Ty Johnson, Tevin Coleman. You know, I think has missed his window. It seems to be a two headed two headed backfield. Carter's got the talent over over Ty Johnson. Give it another couple weeks if you can afford to.
0: Agreed. You drafted him to be better in the second half of the season, not yes. the
1: first. Yep. JD McKissick, drop.
0: I think it's. I'd rather have him than Ronald Jones. No.
1: I take Rojo. Really? Yeah. I think
0: I'd rather have McKissick for the upside that. I mean, it's so weird. It, there doesn't seem to be a game script that we can correlate to McKissick's <laughs> McKissick's success, but. You know, sometimes he is heavily utilized, and I'm okay having him on my bench.
1: Here's the thing: I get that week two was a good week. He was, I don't even want to say insanely efficient. He was, he, he, like, he, he will not be that efficient again in more than maybe one or two games the rest of the season. And and if that's not a player I can play, then then he's not very valuable. At least I kind of know where Rojo is, and if something happens to Fournette. Or if his role starts to increase, which is very possible because Arians does not give two craps about who his running back is. It's just the hot hand and whoever's performing and not fumbling. I'd take Rojo.
0: Last one Justin
1: Fields. Keep. It's going to be frustrating. I mean, Nagy doesn't seem to be able to use, doesn't know how to use a, a dual threat quarterback, apparently. But Fields will get some run. I think he'll get better in this offense. The only question here is to just monitor. You know what's coming out of Chicago in terms of are they you know are they gonna play Andy Dalton when he gets back? So just that's keeping an eye on the news. I think more than anything right now. I'm treating Fields
0: similarly to Robbie Anderson. I, I I'm dropping him if I need to because he's a QB and you'll find other QB value. Sure. But um, he's worth holding on to for a couple more weeks. Uh, Freaking Matt Nagy. Yeah. Did you see he he said that he's. It's like an open competition for Week Four between Fields, Dalton, and Nick Foles right now. I did not see that. Like what g- way to establish confidence in your rookie quarterback, Matt Nagy?
1: Yeah, I, he's got to be a like bottom two or three of worst worst head uh, coaches in the league. He's awful. Yeah. Um.
0: So yeah, that's what I'm doing with Justin Fields. I'm I'm fine dropping him. All right. Um. Waiver targets. Like I said, not nothing crazy this week. Um, I think that the biggest one is definitely Chuba Hubbard at running back. He's 41% rostered this past week, week three, when he took over from McCaffrey. He was 11 for 52 on the ground and three for 27 through the air on five targets. Um, I know you're interested in him, obviously. Yeah, of course. How much fab are you willing to spend on a guy who will probably be really good when he plays but might only get two starts? One or two.
1: Yeah, that's... The answer, I think, is pretty situational there depending on where you are in your league. If you are 2-1 and or 3-0, I would be pretty conservative, maybe 5%. If you either have McCaffrey and you're not doing so well or you're not doing so well and you think that having a solid RB2 on your team for the next two to three weeks will get you over that hump and get you some wins— I would maybe go up to like 15-20%. I don't think I can go more than that just because we don't expect him to be a, an ass a long-term value asset, but you know, you you can sort of buy wins sometimes on the waiver wire and this is absolutely a, an example of that.
0: Yeah, I would have said the exact same thing. Spend more if you're owned 3. Um, maybe also if you're the McCaffrey owner, yeah. yeah. But um, if you're if you're chilling comfortably three and and0 you really don't need him on your roster.
1: Yeah, and there's other guys that probably want as well too mm-hmm. on my you know on the waiver wire in place of those in place of of Hubbard.
0: Next guy I want to talk about is Peyton Barber, running back for the Las Vegas Raiders. He's rostered in seven percent of leagues. Josh Jacobs was out, and he was the starter. He was not the backup to Kenyon Drake. 23 rushing attempts for 111 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown, plus three for 31 through the air on five targets. Um, I think here here are my takeaways from this. One is that he is valuable when Josh Jacobs is not on the field. Do you, do you agree? Yes, absolutely. The other takeaway is, is this an indication that Josh Jacobs is a bye low right now? If what if Josh Jacobs got 23 carries and th- and 5 targets?
1: Here's my worry about that. I don't know if Barber goes away when Jacobs comes back. I don't know either. Like you know, when when they signed Barber and and Gruden was like, "Yeah, we really love we really love Barber. He's going to be the starting running back." We we're like, "Yeah, okay, Gruden, whatever." Like you've got again this expensive running back in Kenyon Drake who's been a starting, you know, handled starting running back level volume previously in, in his NFL career. We thought, okay, yeah, this is this is blowing smoke. But Barber's getting the touches. He's getting the goal line work. He looks good with the goal line work. I I don't know if I can confidently say or advise to go buy low on Josh Jacobs right now. You know, it's hard to think of a running back that I want to swap for Jacobs and and still feel good about that trade at the moment.
0: Would you Would you trade away? Daryl Henderson. No, no way. Would you trade away Mike Davis?
1: For Jacobs, yes, I would do that.
0: I would also rather have Jacobs. Would you trade away Damian Harris?
1: No, give me Harris because I think the volume will be there, and I'm worried about that when it comes to Jacobs. What about Melvin Gordon for, for Josh Jacobs? I'll take Jacobs. Okay.
0: So that's that's around the range. Very interesting where where Josh Jacobs has, has, has landed right now. Yeah, um, A few more names I'm going to mention. I don't think that there's anyone that we need to get too deeply into for the rest of the running backs and wide receivers, but feel free to jump in. Gio Bernard, running back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, rostered in 19% of leagues. Brandon Bolden, we mentioned him as potentially replacing James White in that pass-catching role. For wide receivers, um, Hunter Renfro has been really good for PPR the last three weeks. Uh, Week 1 through 3, he scored 13, 11, and 19, respectively. He's probably a safe floor guy, for the rest of the season
1: yep yeah
0: um emmanuel sanders rostered in 37 percent of leagues had a blow-up game with two touchdowns um you know basically any any option on that bill's offense when they're rolling is good tim patrick we also mentioned him already 36 percent rostered um caught all of his targets for uh for five receptions and 98 yards hamler's gonna miss time as we know he's out for the season so he is the clear number two target with judy out um, and again, he hasn't scored below actually 13 fantasy points in any game this season in PPR. AJ Green's another name that I want to bring up. Um, we mentioned he had the blow up week, five for 112 on six targets, rostered in 30% of leagues. Also, make sure that Christian Kirk and Rondell Moore are rostered. And if they're not, the point is like I mentioned at the top of the show, any Cardinals wide receiver can have value this season. Kendrick Bourne, um, wide receiver for the Patriots, rostered in 4% of leagues, had a really good game. I'm not really expecting that to continue. He is still the wide receiver 3 behind Jacoby Myers and Nelson Aguilar on the Patriots. James Washington is the number 2 wide receiver behind Claypool if Juju and Deontay are both out week 4, so that's something to keep your eye on. Um, Chester Rogers and Nick Westbrook-Akininini, Like we mentioned, wide receivers for the Tennessee Titans, (laughs) they do get a bump in deep leagues if A.J. Brown misses time.
1: We talked about Tim Patrick already. I I do want to mention Emmanuel Sanders briefly just because this is a player who I am rising on. Um, I don't know what the exact number is, but his, his average depth of target right now I think is something crazy and similar to the Chargers, similar to the Chiefs this is a potential offense that you just want pieces of and yes it's always going to be annoying because Cole Beasley is going to get 13 targets that are averaging you know less than 10 yards in terms of in terms of depth Um, but Manny is is kind of that burner and and yes we think that Diggs is still the one I don't think we're worried about that right now but there may be room for three receiving fantasy relevant options and Sanders pretty clearly has that role as far as I'm concerned.
0: Are you spending more than $0 of fab on any of those receivers I mentioned?
1: Yeah, I would probably, you know, something in the in the two to three range on the first couple of guys. Renf- you know, Renfro, if I really need a floor, like some guy to fill in during bye weeks. Sanders, I'm looking for a little bit more boom bust. And then Patrick again, who I think if you need a guy to plug in for the next couple of weeks, maybe if you have Judy or something like that, for example, I'd be okay with that. A.J. Green, Bourne, the other couple guys, those are all zero, zero dollar for me. Fair enough.
0: Um, I do want to spend a little bit of time on two quarterback options that I think I'm comfortable saying are good full season pickup options at this point, and those are Sam Darnold and Derek Carr, guys who probably went undrafted in your league if you play in a one QB league, and have been really, really, really good for fantasy. Sam Darnold, weeks one through three, has scored 19, 19, and 25 fantasy points and gets Dallas next week. Derek Carr, um, he's actually rostered in 52% of leagues, but worth checking, has scored 24, 24, and 21 fantasy points. So, you know, these are guys who are um, really driving home our late-round QB strategy, right? Yeah, totally. Do you... First of all, do you agree that those are both worthwhile pickups? And second of all, do you have one prefer? Do you prefer one over the other?
1: Yeah, I I think I'm slightly more comfortable with Donald just because of the weapons compared to compared to the Raiders. Okay, but it's hard to at this point doubt Derek Carr. I mean, it's always a little scary because it seems like that's a fourth quarter overtime team. And yes, physically playing more minutes due to overtime, I think two of the three weeks we've played so far means more opportunity to score points, and that is that is part of it, and Carr has been very productive and good in overtime. But, yeah, I mean, I, I like both these players. Slight bumps to Darnold for me just because of those weapons, and I'll talk a little bit about him in, in the streaming options as well too.
0: Yeah, um, these are guys who are probably available in your leagues, and you can go out and pick up for a few fab dollars and you might be able to leave them in your roster the rest of the season. Also worth mentioning, both of their teams are 3-0 right now. Yeah. Um, Tight ends. A few interesting names on the waiver wire this week, I think. Evan Ingram, tight end for the New York Giants, rostered in only 44% of leagues. Like I mentioned, he had six targets, only caught two of them for 21 yards, but uh, uh, Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard are both injured, so they might miss some time and evan ingram a year ago was drafted as what a top 6 tight end maybe ingram's a talented talented player i mean he that rookie year was one of the best rookie tight end years of all time he has disappointed really since he struggled with drops he struggled with concussions but if he is getting the volume he's going to that that we expect him to get he's going to see more volume than most other tight ends in the league totally agree yep Tyler Conklin is another name I wanted to bring up. He's rostered in 8% of leagues as the tight end for the Minnesota Vikings. This past week, he had eight targets, um, and he caught seven of them for 70 yards and a touchdown. We mentioned at the top of the show as well that K.J. Osborne has taken a step back in Snap- in Snapshare, and it's possible that Tyler Conklin has moved ahead of Osborne on the depth chart and is now the number three receiving option.
1: Yeah, and that, you know... To some extent, that makes sense too. This this line is so bad um, that they they should be bringing in bigger bodies to help to help block. And Conklin is, by the nature of what his role is and and what position he plays, a better blocker than KJ Osborne. So yes, Conklin clearly is releasing and and is serving as a receiving tight end, as evidenced by his stat line. But there's also some logic that that backs this as well too. So. I don't know if I'd spend a whole lot of fab on on Conklin, if if anything at all, right? but a situation to monitor, especially in terms of the snap is moving forward over the next couple of weeks here.
0: Yeah, and if you're streaming tight ends right now, then there's no reason not to spend a fab dollar on him, max. Yep. Um, The only other name I wanted to bring up was Mike Kosicki. He's he's rostered in 69% of leagues, um, so more than the 50% threshold that we use, but... A lot of people probably dropped him after week two. He had a really bad start to the season. I think he goosed in week one, and I don't remember what he scored in week two, but it wasn't a lot. Um, But we saw Jacoby Brissett start week three with Tua on IR, and Jacoby Brissett peppered him with targets. 12 targets. He caught 10 of them for 86 yards. Um, Clearly, Brissett likes him, likes throwing to him, so I think he's a good... Add for whatever length of time is out.
1: Yeah, agreed. I percent played well. It wasn't his fault they lost. Right,
0: agreed. Um, all right, let's get into our streams of the week. Who you got a QB?
1: The Carolina Reaper, Sam Darnold versus the Dallas Cowboys this week. This is there's two aspects of why I think Donald's a good streamer. One, there's the matchup, which which we mentioned previously. We don't consider the Cowboys to be a good defense, and that was uh, especially defending the pass, and that was before they've gotten significantly more banged up over the first couple weeks. Darnold is far from matchup proof, but we've talked extensively on this podcast about how running QBs are a cheat code, and and especially running QBs who score touchdowns. Darnold now has three rushing touchdowns through three games. The Panthers seem happy to trust him on the goal line, even with guys like McCaffrey in the backfield, which is something that we did not see when Darnold was on the Jets. Again, one caveat here, I liked the part of the reason I liked Arnold coming into the season and why I made that bold prediction of a top 12 finish was because his weapons. DJ Moore has been a monster, but Christian McCaffrey is unlikely to play this week. Chuba's a good backup, but does not offer what McCaffrey does.
0: Yep. Um, I don't have as much to say about mine. My streaming Qubia of the week is Baker Mayfield versus the Minnesota Vikings, and that's is why I want to start him, because he's playing the Minnesota Vikings. It's such a vulnerable defense right now. Um, He has his wide receiver one back in Odell Beckham Jr., and I'd be excited to play Baker this week. Who you got at tight end?
1: Dawson Knox, the uh, tight end for the Bills versus the Texans. Plus matchup here, the Carolina Panthers, who I think we agree is a worse offense, just put up 24 on them on, on Thursday Night Football. You're chasing a touchdown here, but that's okay. Josh Allen seems to be finding his rhythm you know maybe as importantly Knox seems to be the guy in in Buffalo he was targeted five times on Sunday the other tight ends on the team you know combined for three targets
0: yeah also don't look now but Dawson Knox is the tight end of five on the season right <laughs> is See, I didn't even he know is. that wow
1: um Tyler Conklin
0: versus the Browns we just talked about him he's my streaming tight end of the week the Browns have been a bit susceptible to the tight end this season not crazy but he, they have been um, and this is a gamble on Conklin having cemented his role as the third receiving option on the team, like I mentioned, behind Jefferson and Thielen, but ahead of Osborne. If that is the case, he can potentially be an every-week start at tight end. Defense.
1: We're nothing if not consistent, Miles. Uh, <laughs> Bengals versus the Jags this week. We don't think of the Bengals as a good defense, but they've actually not been bad uh, You know, starting the season. 24, 14, and 10 points allowed to the Vikings— a really good offense the bears and the Steelers. um i think we can agree those teams are either better or as good as the jags offense and trevor lawrence has been an interception machine through three games he's got seven
0: yep rookie qbs that's who you target um i'm streaming the tennessee titans versus the new york jets play any defense against the jets all season long
1: even terrible ones like the titans (laughs) i uh i love your kicker streaming option i bet you do Tyler, Ronnie, 401k, Bass, the uh, kicker for the Bills versus the Texans. I, I don't see how this game is not a complete blowout. The Bills should score a bunch of touchdowns, which gives Bass a solid floor, and he's been nearly perfect to start the year.
0: Yep. My streaming kicker is Greg, the leg, the leg. versus the Carolina Panthers. Um, the Panthers' D has actually been really good this year. Like we said, they're 3-0. and um, So I actually expect them to stop the Cowboys from scoring a few times, and that will force the boys to be to into settling for field goals uh, to put points on the board, and all of those points will go to Greg the Leg in fantasy. All right, trade targets, some good ones this week. Who are you buying low on this week?
1: I'm trying to buy low on Joe Mixon, the running back for the Cincinnati Bengals. After Monster Week 1 in which Mixon dropped 25, he's been quiet in back-to-back weeks. He had 8.1 in Week 2 and 10.4 in Week 3. Those are PPR. I get the frustration. I'm a Mixon owner myself. But here's the thing. Mixon is still getting the volume. He's averaging slightly more than 20 attempts attempts per game on the ground. The lack of targets has been frustrating, but the Bengals have played two decent defenses with bad offenses in the Bears and the Steelers. The Bengals' upcoming schedule has teams they should beat up on in the Jags and the Jets, and also teams that they need to score on in the Packers and the Ravens. Trust in the volume, trust in the talent, buy low on Joe Mixon.
0: Definitely, I like that. Um, AJ Brown is my buy low target of the week and this is an interesting one because he is dealing with a hamstring injury now but i think that that's why you're able to buy him low he's underwhelmed to start the season in ppr he's scored 14.9 7.3 and just 0.3 this week because he left the game early with that hamstring injury but in his first two games he still got eight and nine targets respectively he is going to miss time with the hamstring but if you have an open ir spot trade a couple bench guys to a frustrated manager or a manager who's 0-3 and can't afford to to waste time Um, and cash in later in the season when he's great because we know AJ Brown will bounce back because he's just that talented yep Um, also you can never spend too much on TJ Hawkinson and he had a bad week so buy him low (laughs) a
1: couple other names to consider here Kyle Pitts tight end for Atlanta Nuke had a, had a pretty bad week or an unexciting week for the Cardinals. And then Tyreek's had two back-to-back bad games, I believe. Tyreek is a monster by low on Tyreek, if you can. Yeah,
0: the Chiefs have had tough matchups. He'll be back.
1: Um,
0: who are you selling high
1: on? This one hurts, kind of. Uh, sell high on Adam Thielen. First off, let me say that I love Adam Thielen. He's currently wide receiver four in PPR formats and a player who I've had on my roster over the past couple of seasons. Here's the thing. The reason that Thielen is ranked as wide receiver 4 right now is because of touchdowns. He has 4 of them through 3 games. This is not new for Thielen. He finished as the wide receiver 10 in PPR formats last year in large part because he had 14 receiving touchdowns. He has the connection to Kirk Cousins that makes this possible. Kirk really trusts him in, in the red zone. This is a true sell high though. If you took Thielen as your wide receiver three or flex, which is probably where you drafted him, and are in need of a guy, in need of a running back, for example, he's the perfect piece to to offer. And one trade I like here, Thielen for Joe Mixon.
0: Yeah, I I think that that would be a great trade, but that's the type of value that you need to get to give up Thielen.
1: Yes, do not sell high. Emphasis on high on on Adam Thielen right now. Right,
0: I agree. The the touchdown regression is why I was fading him a little bit in drafts this year. We have not seen that touchdown regression through three games. That's true. So it's possible that he's just otherworldly and, and will never regress on the, in the touchdown department. Who knows? My sell high candidate is Kareem hunt. Um, running back for the Cleveland Browns. He lit it up this week. He scored 27.5 PPR points this week. Um, and they also have good matchups coming up in Minnesota and the chargers. Um, But it's extremely likely that this will, we will look back on the season and know that week three was his best game of the season. 27.5 points is hard to repeat. Um, And these next few games will probably be his best stretch of the season because Jarvis is out. So they're leaning on Kareem Hunt on those shorter yardage routes. That's why he saw, I think, seven targets, maybe eight targets. Um, But Jarvis should be back for week six, I'd expect. And so I think Kareem will be overall boom bust throughout the season. And he will be a really strong asset for your team, especially at the running back position. But if you can leverage this 28-point performance into a really consistent full-season performer, you may be able to get really good value. Again, for example, if I could trade Kareem Hunt for Joe Mixon, I would do that in a heartbeat. Oh,
1: God, yeah. I, I don't know if he mentioned this last week, but this one is so obvious with Jarvis being out that Kareem yeah, would, get, would get a bump. This was short, a miss for us. Short yardage and... A guy who needed to get the ball into his hands as, as you know as quickly as possible and let him do his work.
0: Yeah, a lot of people talked about Dimitri Felton yes. being that guy. Yep. It was Kareem Hunt, and we should have known that, but yeah. for some reason it was an over, uh, oversight from us, but also all of the fantasy community. Yes, agreed. All right, let's get into tonight's game, Monday Night Football. The Eagles are visiting the Dallas Cowboys. What are you going to be looking for in this game?
1: So, actually, a lot of Cowboys defense talk on this On this, episode for whatever reason. Coming into the season, this game would have been looked at as a plus matchup for Eagles players. The Cowboys, again, were already a bad offense, and, and they're very much banged up coming into the matchup tonight. Hertz has been solid, but pretty much everyone else struggled in, in a tough Week 2 matchup versus the 49ers. Miles Sanders and Devonta Smith both looked good in Week 1. Can those players who we think are, you know, can or should be the alphas on you know from both a running back and wide receiver standpoint repeat that week one performance or will guys like kenneth gainwell and jalen rager cut into their volume and this is again in terms of the eagles a worry that we had that's a reason why we were fading and a little bit lower on miles sanders for example coming in i i I was rising on devonta smith but Jalen Rager has at times looked really, really good and made some spectacular catches. If I'm a Devonta owner, I'm really trying to pay attention to the game tonight and figure out, okay, is he the one on on this offense?
0: Yep, love it. Um, This was an easy one for me. What I'm going to be looking for this week is uh, I'm going to be keeping a close eye on the usage split between Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard. I'm going to be looking at the snap percentages, touches, carries, targets, yardage. Um, Pollard, to me, has simply looked better through two games he had the blow up game last week in week two and I'm excited to see whether the Cowboys notice that and feel the same way that I do I don't expect Zeke to ever fully go away this year but already Pollard's gotten more run than I would have expected and I'm really interested to see whether he can be an every week starter for fantasy or if last week was more of an anomaly
1: yeah I'm as a Zeke owner I am decidedly unexcited about that prospect but yeah that's that's possible something to pay attention to tonight yep um
0: we have one more announcement i don't know what to call it segment um and it is a a a serious topic um mike taglier tags of the fantasy pros did pass away um this past weekend on the 24th of september due to complications from covid um i know that you were a huge fan of his
1: yeah um this one was tough. Mike had been battling COVID for a couple of weeks at this point, and I hadn't been checking Twitter, and, and Mazu actually texted the our group chat with the two of us, Andrew and Ian, um, that he had passed away. It was announced by his wife, um, which, was, which was a bitter pill to swallow. Mike was an awesome fantasy football analyst, and by all accounts, a great person as well. He is survived by his wife, Tabby, and their two kids, Alyssa and Jonathan. Our, our thoughts go out to Mike's family, his fantasy pros family, particularly... Kyle, Dan, um, and Joe and the endless number of people who, who enjoyed Mike's work. Um, this is a a huge loss and, and, you know, one that's going to be, you know, tough moving forward is certainly for me.
0: Yeah, for sure. He, he was one of the, um, first names that I knew in the fantasy community, really when I was getting into it, um, he he was the he was one of the go to people that we all knew and he was really the heart and soul of fantasy pros. Yes, and, um, it's, S- it sucks.
1: Someone I tried to model myself after yeah. as well too when it comes to this podcast. So, yeah. uh, you know, a role model figure as well. Um, and and yeah, as I said, this one this one is tough.
0: Yep. Um, there is a donation. Yes, so link, go fund GoFundMe. Um, that I believe we retweeted on the Dirty Water Fantasy Twitter. Um, If not, I will do that. It is to support the Taglier family. Yes. Um, So feel free to donate if you are so inclined. Um, That handle is at Dirty Water FF on Twitter. I'm at Miles Ullman FF. Once again, as a reminder, I will be providing my thoughts on Monday Night Football. Uh, Thursday Night Football and any breaking news or injury updates as they happen throughout the week. You can check us out on Instagram at Dirty Water Fantasy, Facebook Dirty Water Fantasy. Um, Subscribe to us, like us, follow us, click the bell on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. All other platforms are anchor.fm slash Dirty Water Fantasy. I did forget one thing to mention that I'm going to be looking out for tonight in the Monday Night Football game. Um, it is whether or not Amari Cooper will be able to score 60 points tonight. Oh, oh that's so dirty.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Do you think he'll do it? Come on, Amari. Come come through for me, baby. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. them
0: feeding them, lies, feeding them lies, While you're dying inside, dying inside Oh!